0: everybody
1: hi friends i'm megan i'm allison and welcome to out of the average podcast welcome everyone so this episode we're chatting about some haunted lakes so i don't know bodies of water creepy i'm
0: excited and we have a nice little local story for you guys
1: yeah we're we're talking about some local lore so local lore that we've been meaning to talk about on the pod for a while so Mm -hmm. we're finally like we finally made it we, we
0: finally it took 50 plus episodes to get here but we we've reached a topic that we've wanted to talk about since day one so let's
1: yeah i'm get excited
0: in. yeah then- let's get weird mm-hmm.
1: For me personally i think there's something so healing about being in and near and around water but also there's something so spooky about bodies of water too because who oh, knows, totally. yeah like who knows what or who is lurking underneath the depths of the surface <laughs> and so that's why we're talking about some haunted lakes today and i have a specific lake well actually we have two specific lakes we want to talk about um, and then I have, like, a list of some other, like, haunted lakes, but I'm not going to go as in detail. Um, mm-hmm. the- so the first lake I wanted to talk about um, is a lake called Lake Lanier. I think that's how you pronounce it. Lanier? Lanier. Um, it's in Georgia. It's, like, in northeast Georgia. I don't know why I felt like I needed to be specific about this. <laughs> <laughs> and don't quote me on it, but I might figure it out a little bit later. Um, But um, this lake is kind of creepy because it's got a creepy backstory to it because it is a man-made lake as well as having like some spooky stories um, around it as well. So Mm -hmm. first of all, there's been a lot of unexplained deaths just in general around this lake. Close to 700 since the lake's creation and that was like the lake since it was man-made was created around like in the 1950s. Um, And then like I've source said, like, a little over 200 deaths um, since 1994. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, a lot's going down here. But, like, despite the fact that there's so many, like, unexplained deaths... Um, it's a pretty popular vacation spot in Georgia. So there's a high visitation rate. So this is something else another source had said a high visitation rate can also mean more fatalities, like there's like that sort of correlation. But I don't True. know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I can see that. Like I can see what yeah. they mean. Like if a lot of people are like swimming in the lake something crazy, like, something something can happen, like, you know what I mean?
1: a lot of people are boating, and, and, you know. Yeah,
0: it's, like, if it's unvisited, then obviously nothing's gonna happen there.
1: Yeah, like, you're not gonna have as many deaths as people, I think they were saying, like, seven million people a year? No, that's way too much. But, like, something, that's way too much, right?
0: (laughs) 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 That's, like, killing off, like, (laughs) countries, like.
1: To visit the, the, the lake itself. Yeah. But yeah, like people, like there, it's like a recreational lake. So people boat, yeah. people fish, people swim. Um a little different from the lake we're gonna talk about after this but um there are so many websites when I was like looking up this lake where like it's advertising like the the quote unquote fun there is to have here it's like oh like this is gonna meet all your like activity needs and I was like well I guess there is something for everyone especially like our haunted ghost lovers (laughs) totally like, like you there is something for everyone at this lake so again, like I said before, it was a man-made lake um, and it was created in 1957 by the US Army Corps of Engineers um, to manage navigation and flood control and to supply power and water to Atlanta. Um, uh, 50,000 um, acres of land was bought, but the land was actually pretty like already settled on, like not even just like indigenous people like like settlers who had come as well. Um, the land was pretty established. There were towns and villages and businesses and so because this land was bought um it displaced a whole bunch of people and it it these people were paid off like they were paid to move so it's not like they had just displaced them without like any compensation but really the there there's a belief that the compensation was not enough because there was so much rich history on this land anyway just with like the totally family there. yeah yeah, like how can you value someone's home? Yeah, like you know what I mean. That's what one of the sources was kind of going into. It was talking about like how do you price memories and like even the land itself was like super rich and green. Like it was beautiful. It wasn't like it was like a like a dry, a wave. barren, yeah, barren land. Like it was just like a really beautiful area um, that the U.S. Army Corps then purchased to make into. Yeah. It. So the families were paid off, but, um, it, it's, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. So not only were houses and, and towns and, and all these things already established on the land. So like buildings there were, one source said, about 20 cemeteries that existed in the land. Holy that. moly. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking about, like, a huge, like, span of land as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cemeteries were said to be relocated, but most of them probably weren't. Potentially the marked graves were were Right. But also, like, the court, like, it was said that the court, like, didn't, it, like, they unrooted the big things. Like, they unrooted, like, trees or really big buildings that would get in the way. But not even all the buildings were moved out of the way. Wow. You know, they, they left a lot of things there. And so, because, of the, because they didn't move everything, it means that some of the buildings could be down there. And it completely, like, changed the whole eco- ecosystem of the area. So, basically, like, they drowned these towns. And there's, like, towns underneath, like, at the bottom of this lake. Holy but- the cemeteries or unmarked graves that weren't relocated. So now we have, you know, potential dead bodies down there as well. And I'm not saying that all lakes don't have their dead bodies, but they, they were dead bodies that could have been moved. Um, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And this is like, like a case of like humans almost being like more scary than like ghosts. because We haven't even gotten gotten into like the haunted like totally stuff. no it's just like
0: look at what kind of footprint we can make like, yeah like,
1: super disruptive to the area to the people living there to the history to the memories like it's just insane
0: and especially if like that wasn't I mean in fairness I don't know the land originally mm-hmm. but like if there's towns and businesses there I'm assuming they didn't like dam up a river or something to make mm-hmm. those towns and businesses so they really are like changing everything yeah by, like just introducing a whole bunch of water on the mm-hmm. land
1: I believe they made a dam and don't quote me on this, but I believe they made a dam in order to make like the man-made lake. Like so like they did so have so crazy. To, yeah, they did have to like also do something as disruptive as like and I know like dams like are really pivotal in like power and like energy supply, but like it is so disruptive to like ecosystems. Um So Lisa Russell, who is an author and historian, she wrote several books about like the submerged and lost towns of, oh, I was right, North Georgia. That's where I was going. (laughs) Not Northeast, just North Georgia. Um, And so I just wanted to mention that if you're looking for a more detailed account from someone who knows much more about like this area, like in the politics and this era more than I do, then she might be a really good resource to read about um, because she's got like several books, like strictly on like these submerged towns. Um, so the, the lake itself took five years to fill. And so the towns and cemeteries were all, yeah, it took, it was like, it was a a real, like it was not an easy process to make this lake. Like it was Mm. uh, like, it had problems the minute they started working on it. Um, and, uh, so the towns and cemeteries were all submerged in the lake, which I think is creepy in itself. And like, um, <laughs> like despite all the supernatural stuff that's said to go around like I just who wants to jet ski on a lake of corpses? Not a <laughs> <me. laughs> lake of corpses. <laughs> like I just I'm not into it. Um so also like a little fun fact about Lake Lanier is that um did you ever watch the Netflix show Ozark? you heard of it? No, but I
0: have it on my watch list. Yes, I've heard of it. I do want to watch it. It's I don't, on my watch list. I don't know what it's about,
1: but they've actually filmed scenes like at the lake for that show. Huh. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as recreational stuff, like divers tend to have the most problems at the lake um, and like the most sightings. Um, because they see a lot of old debris weighed up to the surface, like from these old buildings in these towns, but they also even claim to see like body parts floating around and like <sighs> yeah, like like diving through like body parts you 'll just like feel an arm or a leg just kind of brush up against you they say and but i don't know how much of it is actually seeing or if it's more of like a subconscious like thing. an emotional yeah, scene like, yeah like an emotional seeing. Yeah. consciously you know because like i like, know that they're wouldn't yeah with all that water
0: they would have all the bodies would have been decomposed mm-hmm. at the end of five years like, so how could you have body parts? I mean, like, you could have bones. I'm not saying you could have
1: bones. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It yeah. could be like more of an emotional thing. But one of the most popular, like, urban legends around Lake Lanier um, involved a car wreck. Um, so, according to the story, Ooh. a Ford sedan carrying two women careened off a bridge in April 1958 and tumbled into the lake. And so some say the ghost of one of the women um, is she's dubbed the lady of this lake, um, wanders the bridge at night in a blue dress, lost and rest- restless. So, oh goodness. Mm-hmm. So, they did find one of the bodies at one point, but they weren't able to, um, like, actually, uh, there were no markers of whether or not it was one of the women from the car. But the second body, like, a few years later, I believe, like, came up and they were able to identify her. And so they were finally able to identify who the Lady of the Lake was claimed to be. Um, And so she's no longer in a marked, like, an unmarked grave, because they originally had that that body, like, buried in an unmarked grave. Mm -hmm. But people still, like, say that they see her, despite the fact that, like, she's been identified. So... Um, yeah,
0: like, that doesn't necessarily mean she was put to rest, plus who knows, exactly, like, what kind true. of energies, mm. and, like, if the, people are seeing things, and especially with that much history under the town, not to mention cemeteries, but honestly, even, like, the, the energy that we can leave on, as an imprint on, like, towns mm. and homes, mm. like, I can see why there could be, like, these these unsettling feelings or apparitions maybe like these This feeling of like there's being something there because of all that residual energy energy.
1: Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that I even feel like even though like these towns like when we were talking about like the memories and you know like the history of the land like that's all energy that's been put into that land and so it being so dug up like this is a very like esoteric kind of idea of it but it, it the energy could just be restless in general in that area because like it was so disturbed like
0: 100 and then water is a conductor Mm -hmm. it's a conductor of energies electricity like you know what i mean there's like water is a conductor to so many things like it would make so so much sense why it's like heightened especially if you do believe that like in this idea of like spirits and things Mm -hmm. like that or or just this this latent energy that's there like water will do that i think that's probably like one of the reasons why we have so many ideas and, like, stories and ghost stories and Lady of the Lake stories mm. surrounded by of water in the first place. Because it, in and of itself, is such a conducive energy port, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, it makes sense why there would be so many stories and legends that are picked up and around about, like, around lakes of water and bodies of water and things like yeah, that. 100%.
1: That's all I have on Lake Lanier, um, but we did want to talk a little bit about a haunted lake that both Megan and I have grown up near on Long Island. So if you've ever heard of Lake Ronkonkoma, um, it's, I don't know, it's pretty, I don't know if I would say it's a famous lake, but I grew Gee. up 10 minutes from it and I know a lot of creepy, not a lot of creepy stories, but I do know a fair a fair amount of creepy creepy happenings and, and legends around the lake and mm-hmm. what's so funny is that so
0: like I was talking to my parents because I also grew up with the stories of Lake Ron Kokomo, which I'll get into in, in just a second but like the way that you just said like I, you know if you haven't heard of it it's like so like it is a really big it's Long Island's biggest lake mm-hmm. and stuff and the stories that like you and I grew up hearing about and learning about and my father grew up hearing about and learning about and having it in his the back of his mind the entire time um I asked my mom how she heard it because I'm going to tell you I'm gonna well you know but I'm going to tell the listeners the story behind um Lake Ron Kokuma and the hauntings behind it um but I know that some people have heard it differently growing up, and I even asked, like, my mom and my dad to see, like, which versions they each heard of, and my mom, exactly, yeah, and, you know, that's the way that things goes, especially, like, stories like these travel word by mouth, one family member tells it to another family, one generation to another, different neighborhoods even, you know, Um, but it was funny, because my mom, um, she actually had never, she grew up, western, like, uh, on the western part of the island, like, not near, um, Lake Ronkakma, she literally had never heard a story about it until she started, like, dating my father, and, like, literally, she didn't know anything about it, so it's, like, it's funny, like, you and I were, like, entrenched in local lore like that, but, like, you could be I on the like, my island, island.
1: pictures is near the lake, like, there's, like, a gazelle, yeah. and that's where I got my prom pictures, so, like, you could see the lake,
0: in my oh, it's a big but yeah. that's what's so funny about it is like you can see how some like local lore local legends and things like that it can be a heck of a lot more local than you even realize because Long Island is a freaking tiny little speck on the map. Like, if you, like, you and I are familiar with it, of course, because we've lived here, you can travel across the island in a day. Like, it's not that big of an island. Yeah. But it's funny that, like, my mom, who grew up on Long Island, never heard a thing about this. But meanwhile, my dad did, your family did, you did, I did, we all did because we live closer to the lake. Yeah. And I just got, like, such a big kick out of, like, this, like, little microcosm Yeah. an example of how lore can travel trying. but also how it can stick in its yeah. own its own little circle and little society and community mm-hmm. um but yeah actually getting into the lake and yeah. the story behind the lady of the lake of ronkonkoma um so as i mentioned lake ronkonkoma is long island's deepest lake and it measures about i've seen anywhere between like 70 to 90 feet at its deepest mm-hmm. and that's freaking deep like just as like a reference like that I mean like compared especially like we're on an island that is at ground level mm-hmm. like so the fact that it gets that deep is pretty pretty crazy mm-hmm. um and since the 1800s there have been about 190 supposed drownings mm-hmm. at the lake yeah. and this of course is all tied into the myth around the lake so and when lake I Lake right
1: now is not a lake that people or at least I wouldn't advise you to swim in like but it it has been it used to be a really big vacation spot I think in like the early 1900s but now people don't No, that lasted
0: through even to when I was a kid people would go to the lake to hang out and once like the algae blooms started really popping up that's when it was like mm. really straight away from but through the 60s through the 70s through mm. the 80s the 1960s 1970s 1980s it wasn't like where people will go and swim and hang out and yeah. play yeah
1: well, i'm and, talking like now like physically yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's my period like people don't go yeah
0: but i would it's say beyond, beyond the popular destination to go I no no but locals always have like and so beyond just the early 1900s because like this is a place that even my dad as a kid used to go and everything mm-hmm. and that was not the early 1900s well I know um, but I know it was like,
1: <laughs> really like
0: that was bigger a yeah totally
1: yeah
0: um but yeah so we wouldn't go swimming in it not necessarily and also yeah absolutely and but the thing is is like um there's like mixed opinions even on Long island like even between people as to whether or not they would have gone swimming in it anyway because of this this curse, this curse because it's yeah. kind of like every year okay so I'll, I'll actually get yeah, into the story to- so I'm gonna go into the story that I I looked up online and then I'm gonna tell the story how I grew up hearing it um just because it is a little bit different mm-hmm. um so like if you look online or in like any kind of it's all of course going to be local to long island websites newspapers that you're going to find it out but there was a setauket princess um named um tukawanta and she fell in love with an english settler named hugh birdsall they her family forbade her to see him and absolutely refused to let her let them be together and so every day for seven years she would row out to the center of lake ronkonkoma write a love letter to Hugh on a piece of bark, and then float it across the water. Eventually, she was so distressed that she never got a response, and after seven years of this heartache, she stabbed herself in the center of the lake and died. I had always heard it, like, along the line. I've heard it different ways, of course. I've heard the stabbing myself. I've heard that, um, like, the way I was told it, like, there was actually a couple of versions of how I was even told, like, um, her family had killed him, or he had he himself had drowned or it was just that they were forbidden but then she was on the middle of the lake in the middle of sending these letters one time and then she had drowned Mm -hmm. um either way the story ends in heartbreak and tragedy with Mm -hmm. um the princess the indian princess as she's known drowning and then every year since then she claims one male's life Mm -hmm. so if you are a male Swimming in Lake or on Kakama, mm-hmm. there's a very likelihood that you are going to die because yeah. she's kind of dragging you down and reclaiming her as her own.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have a neighbor who always with like her brother would like to swim like would swim in the lake every year. and she would always say, like, you have to wait until a male drowns and then you're allowed to swim in the lake. Like this was like exactly I grew up with where it's like, nope, you have to wait until the male drowns and then you can swim in the lake.
0: Like. Exactly. It's like yeah. so very steeped into it. It's yeah. actually funny because I was just talking to my dad about it the other day. Cause I just, um, he, he, I grew up hearing these stories. My uncle lived like right by the lake. And so I remember just like driving there every time we would pass by the lake, he would tell us a story, you know, and um but I wanted to talk to my dad about it and tell him like you know we're gonna be talking about it on the podcast and he was like he acknowledged that like he personally never went swimming in it because he's like oh I'm allergic to the lake and I was like what do you mean you're allergic to the lake and he's like well as a kid apparently I went into the water and I had an allergic reaction so I never went swimming in the lake and he was like actually he's like that could have been a lie that my mom told me to get me to not go swimming in the lake because apparently, because that is a thing, like a lot of people were like, no, don't take a risk at all. Don't go swimming in the lake. And it was really funny because I was like, what do you mean you're allergic to the lake? And he's like, like yeah. well, it makes sense if there's like yeah. a weird algae bloom or something, but my yeah. dad's not sensitive like that. Yeah. And so it was just like, he, he oh, as he was telling it to me, he was just like, wait a second. Like it was one of those moments that he was like, That doesn't make any sense. Like that was probably just just as
1: a kid and now you're thinking back on it as an adult and you're like, that was totally a lie to like control me. Exactly, to make sure I
0: don't go swimming in the lake. Because like I said, people drown there. It's hard to find like actual statistics. And some statistics um they do show women die in the lake, children die in the lake as well. It isn't really just men, but like it is like a thing. Like you can literally see like there's always a report of one male. No, I actually like
1: keeping privacy like put things private because these are people who still like exist and live around the lake but i do know of people who have like a few stories of men who have drowned in the lake like totally really, yeah like like not just like hearing it on the news like actually mm-hmm. knowing through people and it's sad and it's it really unexplained like it was it was kind of like it was like it was it made no sense like the the happenings
0: totally and yeah. like and so what's it's so crazy because like it is like we said a very weirdly deep lake for the middle of Long Island to for it to be at least even 70 feet deep and the crazy thing about this lake too is like you guys have to understand like they like let's say like around the edge there's like about it goes out to like let's say 10 feet which is pretty standard you know what I mean mm-hmm. there's like a strict drop off where all of a sudden it just drops and the whole center of the lake like I mean like every time like you would even ask someone about the lady of the lake or the princess of the lake, the Indian princess, something like I that. I actually know a different second, story too that I, I, I tell them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, think, but so like the, the second thought. thing that's always said about the lake is that it's bottomless. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like this other thing. Like my mom said, I, my dad said the same thing also by the way it's supposed to be a bottomless lake or it's supposedly connected to um great south bay underneath some with some underground channel tra- channels and just for listeners to if you're not from long island like great south bay it's kind of like i don't even actually technically think it, it's a bay but it's like the land between like you have um long island spread out looking like a fish and then mm-hmm. there's another piece of very skinny land mm-hmm. between long island and a body of water and then that skinny piece of land which yes. is fire island And in between that, there's Great South Bay. Mm-hmm. And then alternatively, some people say that it um, actually connects through channels to the Connecticut, the Long Island Sound. And so that's like between Long Island and Connecticut, that body of water. And there was even like these stories of I saw there was like stories from English settlers in like the 1800s or something like that. They lost a wagon in the lake and then it turned up on the Great South Bay. And then there was the story from like the 1930s of um, there was a Connecticut bootlegger who was dumped into the Sound and his body surfaced on the lake of lake ronkonkoma when i mentioned it to my dad he said the same thing not about the connecticut bootlegger but he's like oh he's like that's where people like would bring bodies because they would always disappear and there was always these stories about people from connecticut showing up on the shores of lake ronkonkoma because it's supposedly like a bottomless bottomless lake it's like it's really creepy and scary And, um, I did find, I do want to know about your other story, but just going off of the same story and the same kind of like, you know, one male dies every year for it. There was this lifeguard that worked there for about 30, 32 summers. He said, um, his name was David Mm Inigari. and he, for at least 30, at least 30 of those 32 summers, there was at least 30 deaths altogether in that time. So one every year approximately, and he said in 1965, he kept having this recurring nightmare in, like, the weeks leading up to 4th of July. He would have this nightmare where he would dive deep in the lake, lose orientation, because again, it's, like, a very deep lake, and it's also a very dark lake. You can't really, you lose almost all visibility in this yeah. lake. It is not a clear no, water it's lake. It's not a
1: clear lake, no. Um, Another- not at all. <laughs> Sorry
0: exactly but so he would have this recurring nightmare where he's like swimming he loses his orientation he would surface and then he would hear fireworks and he just kept having this dream over and over again and he was like it was to the point where he was like i i think that this is a premonition of some sorts even though he wasn't a necessarily spiritual guy and he kind of overstaffed the lifeguards that that fourth of july because he assumed that he was like i kept hearing the, the the fireworks i'm gonna assume it's Fourth of July, something's going to happen. Yeah. So he had so many people on duty that day. Everything's going fine. But that Fourth of July, there was a 15-year-old boy who seized and then drowned in the lake. They searched for him for 45 minutes, and none of them could find this kid's body. And after his last dive um David and, and Gary surfaced and fireworks went off and it was kind of one of those things where he's like ever since then he he knew that this he's like I totally believe in the story like there's yeah, like, something something going on there you know we a premonition about it. exactly
1: yeah
0: exactly but what was the other story that you had heard about it
1: so uh, again, I, I I heard this, so I know the story of the Indian princess. Princess, that's like the main standard story. But I also heard another. Yeah, that's the story. Elementary school, so I'm not like I'm. I, it's not like a very detailed version because I got this like how many years ago, but um, the principle of it is is the same. So basically, it was about a family that lived around the lake, and it was a mother and son duo where they like, lived around the lake, the mother and the son got into a fight, the son ran off, like, ran away from home, he, by accident, or or purposely, I don't know which one, drowned in the lake, and so she was so distraught over the fact that this happened, that she drowned herself in the lake, and now she takes one boy every year, because- The mother? Yeah, the mother. Mm. The mother takes one boy every year, because, or, like, one male every year, because she had lost her son in the lake
0: yeah like as a sacrifice kind of a Mm -hmm. thing yeah yeah I hadn't heard that one I have heard like different variants on the Indian princess story though Mm -hmm. and then also about like bodies being found things along that line Mm -hmm. um but yeah either way it's like there's this sense of like just tragedy that's Mm -hmm. kind of like imbued in this Mm -hmm. like and like it's something again like you and I both grew up with this story like it was just something that we knew like we were always told it we were knew it my dad was told
1: my dad told this to me his dad that actually happened yeah exactly like, not just the legend not just knowing the tragic legend but actually knowing tragic things that have happened at this lake and
0: they they've always gone hand in hand and it's like it's something like who knows how long these stories have gone on for because again like it was like there were stories of english settlers that were telling stories of previous people before them and it's like it's like just kind of like like people had always said the native the local native americans were always afraid of the lake or hesitant around the, the lake and like there was always that idea of like, it's a bottomless lake and people can never get an exact measurement. And like my dad's dad told my dad the story of the Indian princess. And it's like something that just gets passed down over and over again like throughout the families and it's kind of like it steeps this idea even more and it almost makes me like think of the idea of like how much power we give to folklore how Mm -hmm. much power we give to these stories because we're believing them and it's not exactly where but no but yeah but we're putting our energies into these stories but also these things are actually happening like and things that are mysterious and can't be helped like freak accidents are actually happening there so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like these, the myths and the legends, and then then the accidents go hand in hand with each other over time. 100%.
1: What's really interesting about, like, well, not what's really interesting, but if you ever find yourself around Lake Ronkonkoma, there's a woodcutter, like, there, a woodcarver, and so he's currently, like, or I I don't know if he's finished yet. I should go check it out. Um, He's carving the Indian princess right now. Um, Yeah,
0: you can actually find some photos. I'll post some photos on on, uh, the website of it. Yeah it's pretty cool yeah because there are some photos online
1: it's pretty totally cool.
0: got other cool stuff over there but it's pretty
1: like it was like a big deal when he had decided to carve it
0: yeah because it was like there's like i think he also did it out of wood that was like hundreds and hundreds of years old or something mm, like that
1: yeah something like that is there anything else you wanted to touch on for like ronkonkoma before we kind of move on no i think that about wraps it up okay awesome um I actually have a list of, and I mentioned this in like the beginning of the episode, I have a list of just like some quick little snippets of other haunted lakes and ponds in the United States. And what's really awesome is that Lake Lanier didn't make it onto this list, but Lake Concoma did. It is on it. So It's well, so funny. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised Lake Concoma was on it, but not um, Lake Lanier. But um, there is another lake in Georgia. It's actually a pond, not a lake. Um, oh, okay. What's the difference between a pond and a lake? Just size? Size, I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But um, it's called Bloody Pond. Bloody Pond. Bloody Pond in um, Georgia as well. Creepy. Uh, yeah, and it's said to have been turned red from the blood of killed soldiers during the Civil War Battle of Chickamauga. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, so, Bloody Pond is one um, of a number of haunted spots around this area, and if you go, you have to be on the lookout for um, a ghost called Green Eyes.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, then there's also um, Stow Lake in San Francisco, California, um, and it's at the Golden Gate Park, um, and this, there's a ghost of a woman who lost her child um, when her stroller rolled away um she was like chatting to someone else and not paying attention and so she walks around and apparently asks people have you seen my baby which mm. is so oh no thank you no thank you um white rock lake i feel like this was in like a supernatural episode this is in dallas texas and also, another Lady of the Lake, because we got all these areas that got Ladies of the Lake, and it's a young woman who appears to be dressed in, like, 1930s clothing, and so she's completely drenched, wandering alongside of, like, um, like a road, and so if you pick her up, she'll vanish as soon as she sits down, but she'll leave your seat wet because
0: yeah that's what
1: she's a ghost
0: yeah. yeah there was something very similar to that on supernatural and it was like
1: yeah one of the like their supposed episodes s- of season one but it's a little how bit do you know scary. this what so how do you know this because i watched like seven episodes of season one <laughs> <laughs> that's why i know <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, look at you referencing super, is it,
0: there, they have like, it's a lot of like these women in white stories, yeah. lady of the lake stories. Yeah. And it's like someone drowned kind of like their, worked. their children. And then they're like, they're feeling guilty about it. Like that kind of a deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, a lady in blue, which is kind of similar to like Lanier who's like the lady in the blue dress. Yeah. Um, so it's around a uh, drew university lake. So she said to be walking around. Also, what's really interesting um, in Gardner Lake, which is in Salem, Connecticut, not Salem, Massachusetts, um, there's apparently a fully intact house at the bottom of this lake. Um, the house is there due to a botched attempt to move it uh, across the lake when um, it was frozen over one winter. And so the ghosts of the children and older family members who drowned can be seen and heard around the lake. And then some say they can even hear a piano being played from the part of the lake that the house sunk that's horrifying Mm -hmm.
0: it also makes me wonder like i've always had this fascination in like um underwater archaeology and that's always something that like maybe one day i'll explore a little um and there's like this connection between like these fully intact places underwater that makes it like 10 times eerier than it would just be coming across like an abandoned place because of the fact that it's underwater
1: Mm. and it's just Atlantis (laughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) oh yeah no I'm thinking like shipwrecks and like you know being
1: physical like not like supernatural land that could exist yeah but
0: also there is that like tie like again like energy like we mark places with our energy and if it's going to be submerged underwater something that can can Again, I'm just going to keep using that phrase, like, water is conducive of energy, right? Like, totally is. So it makes sense why maybe people feel things more. People are,
1: like, heightened the sense of, like, connection. Well, you know, there's, like, those water baths and, like, obviously baths have water, right? Okay, like, that's not (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm talking about, like, you know, like, they go, you go to, like, those, like, submerged water spas. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, like, it's, like, you submerge yourself and it's soundless.
0: Like, are you talking about outdoors or indoors?
1: I guess it's indoors.
0: Like, those, those isolation, like, when you do, like, the, the, like, it's meant
1: to be, like, super healing.
0: Oh, it is really therapeutic. It is yeah. supposed to be really therapeutic. That's but I think I'm, that's beyond I'm, just
1: water. I'm, that's I'm veering off topic. But yeah. Yeah, that
0: has to do with like a whole bunch of stuff like your equilibrium and there being an absence of sound and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, either way, water is creepy. These things are very creepy.
1: <laughs> So, Megan, thank you for letting me tangent off about some haunted lakes. This lake, Lake Lanier, at least, the one that we talked about first, has been, like, haunting my nightmares for a while. Like, oh, always. boy. Not that it's haunted my nightmares, but, like, I always think of it as, like, so- like it's just, like, a really creepy lake to me. Like, just, the- yeah. The, just not even just like the scary stories the spooky stories that really doesn't even have to do with like the history the spooky history of the lake itself
0: so. yeah sometimes you don't need a myth to make things creepy sometimes yeah. you just need like reality and humans. Sometimes you just
1: need some humans disrupt- yeah
0: humans make humans destruction and chaos make things crazy and creepy all of their own accord so it's just like these myths and stuff that follow that can uh exacerbate your mm-hmm. feelings but I was so glad you went into that, and I was so glad we finally got to talk about Lake yeah. Um, And I'm sure, to be honest, we're going to talk about there's so many lake myths, lake mm. lore's, like deities, lake stories, body of water stories. There's so many places that we can go with us that we are going to touch on in the future. But I like that we started
1: here. We started here. We've been meaning to do another like haunted episode because you know sometimes we get lost in like the mytholo- like in mythology and and like more metaphysical stuff. But it's nice to just like be grounded in like
0: the ghosty yeah <laughs> i love that grounded in the ghosty especially because yeah. ghosties aren't grounded as it is. On a t-shirt now grounded, grounded in the ghosties that that is if that says anything about us i think that says a lot about It's us. our new tagline grounded, grounded in the ghosties that's okay. i'm here for that um if you listeners have any stories of your own any lake stories that you want us to touch upon or or bloody ponds whatever it may be please reach out to us you can reach us on our instagram at out of the average pod um also we have our gmail that you can shoot us an email at out of the average pod at gmail.com
1: and then we will be posting some pictures of the wood carving of our Indian princess so you can check that out on our website out of the average pod for for this episode and you feel free to comment you can check out some transcriptions over there and yeah in the meantime guys stay weird stay weird